0: Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here on our little hobby farm, how I keep things simple in my homeschool, or just I like to talk about Jesus because I truly believe that the remedy for clutter and chaos in our lives is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we naturally will desire the things of this world and the easier it will be to simplify. So today we are going to talk a little bit about our stuff and how we view our things and kind of how we can um, live in this throwaway culture, I'm calling it. Um, You know, how we can cherish our things when we live in a society that everything is um, replaceable. And, you know, we kind of cherish our things less and less. So we'll be talking about ways to keep it simple with our stuff and looking at things. Again, we've kind of had this theme of being a good steward recently so how can we be a good steward of the things God has given us? So before we get started, I want to thank our podcast sponsor, Apologia. Apologia has amazing resources for the Christian family. Right now, you can get a free welcome home ebook from Apologia, which includes articles, devotionals, coloring, and journaling pages, and eight beautiful printable scripture cards. So go ahead and download it. Download and enjoy your copy at homeschool-101.com slash welcome home. I will have that link also available on the podcast webpage for this episode. Also, from the Phonics Museum, if you've got little ones that are learning to read, I have a great offer for you from the Phonics Museum. It is an app that teaches phonics. It's multisensory and engaging, and you can find a two-week free trial plus other freebies at phonicsmuseum.com slash simply. So thank you to our sponsors for blessing our listeners with those um, resources. So like I said, today I wanted to talk a little bit about our stuff and things. And I was sort of thinking about this topic recently because... Um, I was thinking about long ago, and I don't know if you're like me, but I'm always thinking about memories of when I was little and things like that, and I can get nostalgic, but I was thinking about how my grandparents um, really cherished the things that they had, and a lot of that is lost in our society. I know I specifically know in our own family that this is something we need to work on. Maybe not Steve as much, but definitely me, that I've been more and more um, kind of taken captive by the thought that I can just replace something and not valuing things as much anymore. So I'll, I'll explain what I mean about that in a minute. But I just remember when I was little, so we grew up in a in a, um interesting setup. We lived in a three-family house, so we had two um Two floors that we lived on the first floor. My family. The second floor was my grandparents', and then on the third floor was another smaller apartment that um, actually, when I was real little, my grandmother's aunt lived in. And um, gosh, if I really wanted, if I really want to go back in time and think about the simple life, uh, that's it. Thinking about how how these people lived back then. So. It was a blessing to have my grandparents living right upstairs from me. And often when I'm thinking about the simple life, I always think about my grandma because here they were living in an apartment, you know, the house that I grew up in, they actually, she, my grandmother actually grew up in. And then when she got married, she lived in there, um, and then when my parents got married, they lived there, so it was always um, family living in this three-story home together. So three diff- three separate apartments. But um, my grandmother, I remember her telling me that you know when she was living in one of the apartments growing up, um, not growing up, but when she was married, she had the apartment had two bedrooms, two small bedrooms. By society standards today, I'm talking small bedrooms. A fairly decent kitchen, not by society standards today, but a fairly decent sized kitchen, a dining room and a living room, and that was it. And so she had twins when she was married. My grandfather was off at World War II, and um, when he came back, they um, were blessed with these two twins, but they were boy girl twins. And so my dad and my aunt are twins, and they had a two-bedroom apartment. So, you know, our society now, what would we do? would be like, that's a no-brainer. Like, you have to move. You need a bigger house. You can't share a room. And here it wasn't even a thought. They shared a room when they were little. And then, this is what I really admire. My grandmother just, for her entire, you know time that she was raising her children until they moved out of the house, she didn't have a bedroom. So my dad got one of the bedrooms and my aunt got one of the bedrooms and my grandma and grandpa slept in the living room on a pull-out couch. Like, can you fathom that today? I even can't, you know, here I am the simple girl. And, um, but that's just what you did. Like you made do with what you had. It wasn't the mentality that our society has where it's like, well, you go out and get better. You go out and do better. Um, you know, and certainly I know most people are going to say that would be, you know, terrible for us not to have a bedroom and we would have to sleep in the living room, but that was what it wasn't like weird to them. That was just what they did in order to make do with what they had. And so, you know, like I said, in our society right now, that would sound kind of extreme. Um, But then again, we talked about the pioneers last week on this podcast. Back then, they had like one room for the entire family of six. Nobody had their own room. (laughs) So, you know, as time goes on, our standards change and what was once a luxury is now normal. And so anyway, I think about that often of how nowadays that wouldn't even be a question. You would have to move. You would have to find a way to move. And here they stayed in that house. And until my dad and my aunt were out of the home, they didn't have their own bedroom. Um, I think she told me they had an enclosed porch. I think she told me in the summer, they may have slept out on the enclosed porch actually, but I don't remember if that's true or you know how you make things up in your (laughs) head. Your memories are like always skewed a little bit. I don't know if she actually said that, but I think she did. So anyway, thinking about this today, our society has become such a collector of things, right? And part of the reason so many people can't simplify or live clutter-free is because we are a society that promotes collecting things. You know, whether we be- believe it or not or want that or not, we are in a culture that really um, flourishes by collecting things, I shouldn't say flourishes. not the, that's not really the word I'm looking for. Um, but it's a culture that promotes that. you know, we're surrounded by that. We have the HGTV, we have you know Chip and Joanna Gaines, we have um, stores that are inundated with stuff for our homes that we feel we need to have. And so we become number one, a society that is collecting things rather than, collecting moments and collecting experiences and collecting, you know, relationships with people. We're collecting things, tangible things, and those things aren't necessarily making us happier. In fact, many of us are more discontent than ever. We talked about that a lot last week on the podcast episode. But so not only are we collecting things, we are not even really cherishing those things anymore because they are so available to us. You know, I laugh because Steve doesn't like it for me to shop at the dollar store. And so when the kids were little, he was always like, that's the rule. You know, you can't buy them junk at the dollar store. But you know what every mom does when you have little ones is you take them to the dollar store so they can pick out a treat. And you know that that treat comes home and it's forgotten about in a few days. And if it's not forgotten about in a few days, it's broken in a few days because it's from the dollar store. And so the dollar store kind of mentality is what we live in because things are so replaceable because we have so much available to us. We're not cherishing things. So what if it breaks from the dollar store? We'll go back next week and get another one because it's only a dollar, right? But do we cherish things? Like I think back to my grandma and she had like, this one set of those Pyrex bowls, they were, and I still have some of them, some of them broke, which is devastating to me, but she gave them to me. You know, those really old Pyrex bowls from a long time ago, there, there's like the big one is yellow, then the next size is red, then the next size is green, then the next size is, I think blue. Um, so there's like the set. And my grandfather saved and saved from his job in order to buy that set of bowls for her and she cherished them and she had them her entire marriage, which was 60 something years. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. And I still have them and I've been married 18 years. So those bowls are super duper old, right? And so I think about our society, it's like if I break a bowl rather than cry over it, I'm like, okay, well, I can go to Target and get another one, right? Or Walmart or Home Goods, or whatever it is. But imagine that like she really took care of those things. They never broke on her watch. I have to say two of them broke on my watch, right? Um, because I feel like when you have less, you cherish it more. And when you work hard to get that thing, no matter how small it may seem, you take care of it because you know that the work that went into it. And unfortunately, our society lives in this culture now where it's like, You know, we work hard, but then we just get stuff and then we work hard again and we get stuff and we work hard again and we get stuff and we're not really maybe being good stewards of that stuff because there's so much available to us. You can go anywhere and get anything at any time. I mean, you can go right on Amazon and click and replace anything these days that you want, even hard to find items, everything is replaceable. So is that help like, is that fostering in us this, um, lack of care for what we have because it's all just available? You know, there's, um, we had, um, sponsored a child in Africa years ago through, um, you know, World Vision and, She's since outgrown the program, but she contacted me through Facebook and we've kept in touch and she sent me photos and this kind of blew me away. She sent me photos of, um, when my kids were really little and we sent her family a Christmas card and we sent little pictures that we printed out from the computer of each of my children and they each made her a little card and that must've been at least now 10 years ago and maybe even more. And, um, so she had sent me photos of the cards that we sent and photos of the photos that we sent. She sent them over Facebook to me. And they were like in, you know, plastic and they were covered and kept nice because it meant something to her that, you know, we were sending her these gifts. And it kind of, I was kind of taken aback when I first saw them. Like, oh my goodness, she still has them. And oh my goodness, look at the care she kept you know, she took in saving them. And that's like the mentality I remember of my grandmother as well. Like everything she had was taken care of and they weren't rich and they didn't have much. And they lived in this apartment their entire life, the same apartment she lived in growing up. But boy, did they take care of that apartment and things were orderly and neat and everything had its place and there wasn't any clutter Because everything that was there was cherished and taken care of. And our society, like I said, we have so much available to us. And I am so guilty of this. And that's why I'm speaking about it today. I am so guilty. And I I want to kind of take back that mentality of cherishing the things I have. And not number one, not seeking more. Because I need not one more piece of clutter in my home. You know, I'm the girl that likes to live clutter-free. But yet, we still... You know, look around and there's piles, there's things. We don't have a lot of toys. We don't have a lot of stuff. We got six people and things, you know, are in the house. But still, I still want to reduce clutter. I still want to reduce the stuff we have. Um, But I am guilty of that mentality of thinking, well, if something broke, we can replace it. And that just kind of doesn't um, give me that feeling of cherishing the things I have. So I admit that, I confess that, I'm guilty of that, and I repent of that. And I want to say, Lord, help me to look at every single thing I have as a blessing from you and not as just another thing that can be replaced. And our society does this with not just stuff, with um, tangible items and material items and, you know, dollar store items and Amazon items because they are all so accessible. But I even worry that sometimes we kind of take this mentality of um, things being replaceable or things being quick, like I call it the fast food society. We take it even to things that are non-tangible, like our Bible time. Do we cherish our Bible time? Like we should? Or do we just see it as a thing that we check off our list because we can, because we have an app on our phone that feeds us a daily verse, that feeds us a daily plan, and boom, checked off our list. You know, I wrote on Facebook a while ago, maybe a year or two ago, I wrote something about how I was, you know, looking at our society and I was kind of sad because I was seeing advertisements quite often for these like five minute Bibles and like five-minute Bible plans where it was like, you know, you can get your Bible reading in in just five minutes a day. And it made me sad. And I wrote about that on Facebook and I was saying, is that what we've watered down our time with the Lord to? Like, Like we're excited and celebrating the fact that we can get it done in five minutes. So again, it's looking at our culture and in the direction we're headed. Are we in this direction that things just become less cherished whether it's stuff that we own or our time with the lord our bible time should never be watered down to 5 minutes now i know if you're in that season of life where you have a bunch of little ones and you're a very busy mom and you know you're you're like i'm lucky if i get 5 minutes in of course that's better than anything but i'm talking at about it as you know overall as a whole We don't want to kind of market the Bible as something we do in five minutes. The Bible is something we should be immersed in and living in and um, wanting more of, not less. You know, I want less stuff. I want to simplify. But that's because I want more of Jesus. I want more of what He offers and not of what the world offers. Because if you look around, Like I said, we're filled to the brim with all these things and we don't cherish them anymore because we know that if something breaks, or, you know, think about your clothes, how quickly we replace them, right? If something gets a hole in it, most of us are not going to put a patch on the knee anymore, right? Remember when we were little? I got a patch on the knee on my jeans. If they got a hole in them, you repaired them. Until you literally could not wear them anymore because they were too small. And then you made shorts out of them, <laughs> right? You repurposed things. You used things to their fullest. And now it's like, oh, I got a hole in my jeans. I'll just throw them out and get a new pair. Or, oh, my shoes are worn out. I'll just throw them out and get a new pair. And, you know, we don't repurpose. We don't reuse. We don't um, look at things to their full worth, because we're just able to replace things, because that's what we have available to us. We didn't have Amazon when we were little, and so you couldn't quickly just get something new. But isn't that mindset almost better? Wouldn't it be better if we had that mindset and we truly used everything we had to its fullest and waited for it something to really wear out before we just replaced it? you know, we have the garden here and we're, we're you know, right now in full blown getting everything ready for the garden. And I just love the idea of repurposing things. And I wrote about this actually on the blog, I think it was last week. And the blog post was called Redemption. And so this is a little bit of different way of looking at re- repurposing things, but this is, um, just sort of relates to this topic. Last uh, Mar- This past March, we had a really big snowstorm. Well, we had about four or five really big snowstorms, but one of them um, in particular, we lost a giant uh, pine tree, like, I don't know, 80 foot tree or something. I don't know how tall they are, but it's enormous, right? And so thankfully it didn't do any damage, but it was laying down on our property for a while. And Steve went and started to Cut it up, and I don't know all the technicalities, but he got some kind of special equipment, and he started to mill his own wood. and he made these big, large planks of wood. Um, I think he said they're 18foot planks, and he's using them in our garden to replace some of our raised beds. And he's making boxes out of that wood. And what was special about that, and that's why I titled the post Redemption, was that we were able to take something from a really bad time. These snowstorms were horrific around here. There was so much damage to homes and people were without power. And it was just a really stressful time. And yes, we lost the tree and we didn't have damage, but you know, we lost the tree. So I just looked at that and I said, you know, Steve repurposed that wood and used it. And he used it in a way to kind of bring good out of a situation and to use it in our garden. And as you guys know, we're using our garden as a ministry to grow as much food as we can so that we can give it away in our community, especially to those in need, so they can have good, healthy, garden-grown food. So I looked at that and I thought, wow, you know, we went from those trees fell and it was awful to using that wood and, you know, not running out to Lowe's to buy new Wood, which would cost a lot of money, because we have a pretty big garden, right? So, um, to repurpose that, and yes, it requires a lot more extra work, um, but he repurposed that. And then I look at those boxes and I think, see, something good will come out of something bad, and it's redemption right there. It's a it's a picture of redemption. And so when we look at things like that, it kind of inspires me. Like, what else can I repurpose? What else can I use? What else can I use to its best potential before I just go and replace things? Because we live in this replaceable society mentality. Everything's replaceable. It breaks, just go buy something new. And when we start to think back like my grandma or like the pioneers, you know, even though we can replace things at the drop of a hat, why don't we go back to that mindset and think, let me be a good steward of the things that God has given me And let me see the value in the things I have. Because once we start to um, devalue the things we have, it spills out into other areas of our life. We devalue our time. We devalue our Bible time. We devalue spending time with people. We devalue those kinds of things. When we look at everything we have and say, there is value in this thing, whatever it is, And I'm going to be a good steward of it and take care of it so that it doesn't need to be replaced. But if the time comes when it needs to be replaced, may I have used it to its greatest potential. And then, you know, looking the same thing with our time. Are we using our time well? Uh, I have tons of episodes and blog posts recently talking about time and using our time well. But just being good stewards of the things God's given us and not being so quick to just, you know, think we can replace it. I mean, have you seen those videos like where there's people in countries where the Bible is illegal and they get a Bible and they're like sobbing and they're crying and that you know that they're cherishing that Bible, right? They're probably keeping it in a box. They're keeping it secure. They don't want the pages to get tattered and torn too quickly. I can't even tell you how much that shames me when I think about the fact that we have, I don't even know if I can count right now off the top of my head, several different Bibles in our home, all different translations, all different kinds. Do I literally, I mean, I value every word in that Bible, but do I value that Bible itself and realize that some people around the world do not have that? And here I have like so many of them that there's one in every room, there's one on the floor here, there's one on the bookshelf, you know, they're all over. And do we give things the care that we should? Because I, like I said, I think when we start to look at things and and we realize, well, I can replace it, it devalues that object. And so I want to get back to that simple mindset of really caring for the things that I have. Not being so quick to run out and buy something new because then that's not being a good steward of our finances, right? Um, If something breaks being like, okay, well, we'll just get a new one. Or, you know, if something is getting a little worn out, oh, well, we'll get a new one. I want to be cherishing things. I want to be using things to their fullest and then repurposing things if I can, I don't need to bring another thing home from the store into my house, honestly. We have more than enough. So I want to focus on the things that I have, cherishing the things that I have, and using them well. And I want that to spill out into every area of my life, especially my relationships with people and my relationship with Jesus. So I encourage you today to start thinking in that mindset. If you want to declutter This is one way to make that happen because you'll start looking at the things you have already and realizing you don't need to bring anything else in. And you'll start looking at the things that you have already and taking really good care of them and not bringing in other things to replace them too quickly. So, I hope that encourages you a little bit today on this podcast, just about living more simply, about cherishing the things we have, and being a little countercultural, not being so quick to replace everything. Um, and again, I would just encourage you to look at the value of the blessings that God has given you. So with that, I'm going to end this podcast. You know what I need to go do? I need to go start packing for Myrtle Beach. Next week, I'm going to be in Myrtle Beach for the Teach Them Diligently convention. I'll be there with my whole family and also exciting, my parents will be there. If you haven't heard our story about um, our first years of homeschooling and the opposition I had from my parents, it is truly a miracle that they now come to these homeschool conventions to listen to me speak. I actually reposted um, on Simply Living for Him today, a post from a few years back when they first traveled with me to a homeschool convention and the miracles that have truly taken place in our family. You can find that over there at simplylivingforhim.com. Also, we have a brand new resource available to you. It's the Simply Seeking Him journal. It's a very simple, no fluff journal. It's on Amazon right now. You can find it over there, but we have scripture verses in, there. We have some journal writing prompts in there, places for your prayers and your prayer requests. And really it's a way to just keep you focused in your Bible time and keep everything in one place. You know, your prayer requests, what God is teaching you in your Bible time or in your study time. So you can check that out. It's brand new and it is on um, amazon.com. We also have a giveaway going right now on Instagram. If you would like to win a journal, you can go over to Instagram. My, uh, My account there is Simply Living for Him, and you can enter. That will be going through May 12th. And uh, you can find all the information over there. Like I said, next week I'll be in Myrtle Beach. And then in two weeks, I will be in Winsome Salem, North Carolina, for their state convention, uh, for the homeschool state convention there. That is May 31st to June 2nd. We will have an exhibitor booth there. I'm really excited to travel over there and to meet as many homeschooling families as I can. And, of course, in July, we are getting ready for our women's retreat. It'll be our last Simply Living for Him retreat for a little while. We're not ending the retreats forever, but we're taking a little pause next summer. If you are interested in bringing a Simply Living for Him retreat to your area, please call me. No, don't call me, actually. Email me at karen at I'm laughing because I just posted a photo the other day on Instagram about the phone. I have a phone phobia, so I really prefer email. <laughs> But actually, if you did need to talk about a um, a retreat and we needed to speak on the phone, you can email me and I would be glad to speak with you on the phone. But we're looking to bring the Simply Living for Him retreat to other areas. If you have a venue or you have a retreat already in place or a group of women, we want to bring the retreat to you. So email me and uh, let me know if you'd be interested in that. And until the next time, um, I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him, and I wish you blessings and joy.